podcast for the entrepreneurial, mindful and creative leader. I'm Jim Antonopoulos. I'm Damien Carolla. We're broadcasting from the beautiful George's Building in Collins Street, Melbourne. And this is Fearless. So, Damien, how are you? I'm good, Jim. I uh, was just chatting before. We've, uh, we've moved house. So oh, fun and games. Look, it is, it's amazing because everybody keeps telling you how it's you know, meant to be up there on the stress um, life stress scale and I thought you know what what's everyone going on about it's not a big deal until it gets you about mm. two weeks in and you, you you remind yourself I think there's a reason why they put it up there on the stress scale yeah I can imagine how are you doing today I, I'm actually doing pretty well but I, I kind of found my limit the other day and you know just after when you've got so many variables which are out of your control and you're trying to control them um <laughs> Look, these are first world problems, but yeah. you know what? You sort of you get to the end of your tether after about two weeks. But here I am with you here today. Yeah, here we are. I want to talk about fear today. Yeah, I, 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 it's a great topic. It's really sits behind everything we talk about in terms of entrepreneurship, performance, and all the rest. And I love the blog that you did the other day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'd love to maybe talk to you a little bit about what was driving that. Sure, uh, sure. Maybe unpack some of that as well. Mm. And yeah. what else, I mean, and what sort of, what's prompted you this week or today to talk about fear? Oh, look, I think um, over the last few weeks, I've really been thinking about um, leadership, but also, you know, entrepreneurs and the, the way that we, um, all of us, you know, at some point um, in the day, in our own heads and we experience all types of fear manifest itself throughout the day all different type kinds of fear and i sat back and thought about all those different kinds of fear you know whether it be you know the apprehension that you feel walking into or just before you've walked into a boardroom full of um board members um, which is a different type of fear to the cash flow pressure fear that you fear. Yes. Right? That you feel. Or the pipeline, the lack of pipeline uh, pressure that you feel. All of that. So, you know, just I've just been thinking over the last um, couple of weeks, you know, a few entrepreneurs have reached out to me after each uh, weekly article that I write. And, um, yeah, it's been a topic over the last few weeks that I've really um, jumped into. Yeah, you. it takes a lot of generosity to offer an article like that we talk about leadership and we talk about leadership as a concept and, and it sounds really romantic and you know well leadership this is all amazing let's go read some books about leadership but the actual act of leadership is writing a blog article where you reveal your own insecurities that's leadership mate, oh, thank because you. everyone's playing the bullshit game oh thank you you know what i mean <laughs> the, the look at me I'm, I'm amazing look at these masks and facades and i'll tell you i've played that game in the past as well mm. and it doesn't work but for you to offer that insight and to want to open up this level of dialogue is truly an act of generosity and yeah. it helps a lot of people because we all need to be having these levels of conversations. Oh, cheers. Because Thank re- you. there really isn't anything other than being authentic and open. So I really, really commend you for, for, the, for the blog article you oh, wrote. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you know, granted, I was thinking about um, the article leading into a conversation with you today, so I was looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love this topic. I'm yeah. so passionate about tell me, this topic. Tell me why. Tell me what manifests for you when you think about fear. Uh, it really sits behind our potential. So it's the one thing that we've got to come to terms with if we want to 
open up this conversation around what does it take for us to realize our potential, not only in, within entrepreneurship or in business, but in life as, as executives or leaders, even in the way that we want to pursue our passions and our challenges, unless we come to terms with this word fear and get really intimate on where it comes from, uh, how it expresses in our body, um, how it manifests in terms of physiology, even disease, uh, how it contaminates relationships and how it can really uh, have a, a massive impact on every part of our life, including our performance. So I'm really passionate about this topic and yeah. I'm, I've got, a, a, I guess, a crazy relationship where I, I just love delving into the, uh, the topic of fear. Mm. Um, yeah, and because the other side of fear is, is our potential. Wow. That's it's, amazing. It's a big topic yeah. and it's, it's probably one of the most important topics we could talk about in business, I, I think. Mm. Tell me about one of those aspects that you mentioned. Talk to me about one of those. Uh, the, the one thing that I always witness and observe when we're doing work with clients, and I've observed this within myself, is uh, when we're trying to pitch or message uh, anything new in terms of a product or a service or a proposal and we're in a, like a scarcity mindset, yeah, we're in a fear-based mindset, whatever we, wherever we start is where we end up. Yeah, you can't pitch from fear. You can't do a deal from fear. You can't even create a, a business based on fear. It actually doesn't work. Yeah, you, you might bump through, you might, um, you know, you, for whatever reasons, the stars may align for that particular opportunity, but it's not sustainable. Mm. And we see so much of it and it's okay to feel fear. It's okay to experience it as anxiety or, or even um, depression or, or many of the conditions that we experience as a result of these uh, sustained uh, uh, fear-based states. That's, that's actually not the issue. It's not the concern. The concern is, is when we act from that place, when we make decisions from that place, when we, um, when we engage people based on that fear-based scarcity mindset yeah so it's a, a difference between feeling and experiencing and then acting and deciding from that area does that mm, make sense very soon yeah yeah very much so yeah. very and, much so and many it's many people um unless they're completely honest um will make decisions from that space mm. Mm. and they never end up as as well as they could mm, i can imagine how do you harness it for for good it's yeah that's it's a good question. The, the thing with fear, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to get too esoteric here, but it's like we've all got the shadow side, yeah? We've got you know, our own trauma, our own angst, mind chatter, rumination, whatever you want to call it. It's like this identity. And the way to harness it for, for good is to, is to almost go opposite to what everyone else does. You don't need to avoid it. You don't need to not feel it. You actually need to turn towards it and experience it. So the way to harness our fear for good is it allows us to awaken to actions. It awakens us to momentum and to what we really need to do. It's actually a good signal to say, hey, there's something out of whack here. What is it trying to tell us? What are these emotions and experiences trying to inform us of what we need to do and correct or, or listen to or observe or become more aware of? And that's how we start transmuting our fear into momentum and action. Mm. And what most people do, and what I've done for years back in the day, was avoid it, mm. deny it, don't talk about it, don't write a blog article about it. Maybe people are going to say, well, you know, you're not thoroughly competent and perfect. Um, put the facade up. 
present uh, present something to others that is an absolute illusion. It doesn't exist. We can smell it. It's bullshit. Mm. Yeah. So we, we, the, how we harness it is we do opposite to what Western society teaches us, which is uh, we turn towards it. We become intimate with it. We acknowledge it. We feel it in our body, in our system, in our DNA. We talk about it. But there's no judgment there. We're not judging ourselves. We're not saying we shouldn't be feeling this or we should be more competent or, or perfect. We're, we're opening up our compassion to these states. And that is so important for founders, leaders and entrepreneurs. It actually is really the work. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really powerful. Yeah. And... Mm. and Talk to me about your, your blog article. I mean, it was a, a really cool article. If people haven't read it, I, I recommend everyone get onto one of Jim's articles uh, where you really open up and expose this this notion of fear and how it's played out in, in some key life um, experiences. Yeah. I, look, the things that I, I thought about were, um, you know, just I guess the different as- aspects of fear that um, entrepreneurs are... are uh, encircled with you know um, and it's daily you know you're um, in one instance you're being rejected um, almost on a daily basis in others you're um, you're winning and losing um, almost on an hourly basis um, in others you're walking into a room and you've got to prepare yourself um, all of them are different types of fears you're dealing you're managing people um, you're uh, reflecting or deflecting their um, strengths and weaknesses as yes. much as you, you are your own. Um, you know, just in the in the cycle of a single day, I thought that you know, leaders and entrepreneurs and founders in everything that we do, we face these amazing mountains that we have to climb, and. I think it's remarkable. I think it's remarkable when um, an individual can um, manage all those mountains to climb and then go home and flick a switch and be with their family. Yeah. You know, have three children and um, family and, um, you know, just to traverse that divide um, or even engage, you know, go from work and engage with friends or, and, and flip, flick a switch. You know, I think it's an amazingly powerful thing that we have to experience in our day. Um, and I find that it's a different size of manifestation of fear in all those examples and a lot more. And that's what I, um, I kind of dove into. Yeah, right. So you, you, you bring up a point there. Um, what you're actually saying in some ways is um, you're becoming really aware of all the elements in your life and you're becoming really honest with what's going on. Hyper aware, you know. Um, And I think to be able to harness um, fear for good in the way that you've explained it um, requires a high level of self-awareness, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does take a lot of work. Uh, I guess this, um, the thing called awareness is probably the, if I had to pick one technical tool it's this awareness and observation of these events in your world and being honest about what's going on Uh, we're ingrained in this really silly culture where we're meant to be competent and on top of things Uh, we reward perfectionism Mm. at executive ranks which is the most stupid thing to do it's just absolute opposite of human performance and potential we actually have to go opposite we almost have to reprogram everything we've learned 
and do a complete, I'd be as bold to say, do a complete U-turn. Everything that you learn is incorrect, um, almost go opposite. I know that sounds crazy, but who's doing what you, you're doing right now? Nobody. Who's actually having an honest conversation or a blog? Nobody. So my point is, is that you're actually, uh, you're demonstrating to even our, our podcast audience and, and you're reminding myself to say that I need to, I need to grab a bit of courage and be really honest and aware and really start to uh, open up this dialogue on these are the events that are causing me angst. Uh, this is the help that I need. This is, these are the networks that I need to reach out to because everyone's playing the other game. They're playing the, the 3 a.m. rumination game, the, the one bottle of red wine on a Friday night or whatever else is going on. They're, they're playing the opposite game as opposed to saying, hey, buddy, um, I need your help. Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Hey, it's okay for me as a, as a, as a man or a woman to, to acknowledge where I'm at in my business or my life cycle. Um, because I can't do this stuff on my own, yeah? I need your help and your help and your help. Mm. But this separateness that we're ingrained to think about is gets in the way of our performance and us realising our potential. So for you to have the courage to open up this dialogue is incredibly rewarding for mm, people. Thank you. Um, you've spoken of loneliness a, a fair bit over the last uh, month or so. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and its connection to fear? Yeah, it's a, this sort of separateness, um, this loneliness and this isolation is almost what powers the ego. Yeah, so I think we might have discussed uh, in a previous episode, um, there's really two parts of ego. It's that sort of superior ego, the alpha, you know, I'm amazing, look at me, I deserve this. And there's that inferior ego, which is really I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. They're just, they're both powered by fear. And ego comes alive based on separateness. It's me... I, I deserve this or I'm not good enough, I can't do this. And I forget that I'm not separate, Jim. I'm actually connected to you and to others. I'm connected to my family. I've got a, amazing people in my world that I can reach out to. Mm. Um, uh, I've got relationships that I can cultivate. And this sort of human condition of connectedness and being together is, is our most natural state. The unnatural state is for us to uh, feel like that we can't pick up the phone, send the email, bump the message and say, hey, buddy, I need, I need to talk to you about something, okay? That's, that notion of separateness and isolation is, is where we don't find our potential. We can't find our potential on our own. You can't do this stuff on your own. You, you, need, you need help, yeah? Mm. You need other people in your world. Those, mm. I need you, you need me, I need, we need people around us and, and they need us as well. Mm. And that's, that's the model of high-performance human potential, whatever you want to call it. Um, this life business stuff is too hard to think you're going to tackle it on your own. And that's where isolation comes in. That's that separateness. That's that egoic state which is absolutely counterintuitive to human potential. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. How do you, in, in that, with that context, um, how do you as a new leader entering an organisation, a large organisation, you've got a new leadership team around you, how do you, how do, you do that in a new environment? How do you start from scratch essentially um, and try to cultivate a culture where that exists? Uh, you, you have to go first. You've always got to go first. Anything you want to create, you've got to be the, the embodiment of it. You can't, you can't talk about it, yeah? You can't just put up these crappy vision statements, which really are more than often not meaningless. 
you've actually got to go first. You've got to be that example. You've actually got to be prepared to be vulnerable. You've got to have the hard conversation. You've got to do the self-reflection. You've got to invite people to see that you're always prepared to walk down an alleyway before anyone else. And mostly when that alleyway uh, isn't pretty or makes you look a little bit um, suspect. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, so it's not about what you're saying. It's, it's about who you're being. So people pick up on, the, on that energy when someone a leader walks into the room and they want to talk about we're going to be more compassionate. Well, you've got to be compassionate. They want to talk about we're going to be more transparent. You, you've got to show transparency. Mm. Yeah, because if you want me to believe you, then I've got to see who you are in all of your vulnerability. That's power. Mm. Yeah, but, but who's doing that? No. Some people are, but I'm just saying, but most people are probably not. Yeah, I think you have to just take a look at um, your LinkedIn stream and you'll realise that not many people are actually doing it. They're doing the exact opposite. Yeah, um, the facade, the mask. The complete facade and the yeah. mask. Um, you know, I, I sometimes flick through the front page of LinkedIn and I look at the stream, you know, and I take it. It's my own right fault. It's my own fault for following a whole bunch of people that I follow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that's not lost on me. But, um, you know, you just have to look at the front page of any sort of stream of social media. LinkedIn's one of them. Um, in the professional context, to see that most people default to to that state. Yeah, most people default to that state because it's a, a fear-based state. It's easy. Well, it's not easy. It's a lot harder in the long run. But it's, um, as soon as fear comes up, they go back to that facade and mask. I can't let Jim see me for who I am, so I need to be separate. Mm. And what, what does separateness do? It makes people sick. Yeah. We're not designed to be separate. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, what I notice with you is you've... Um, you've got this way of getting pen to paper that really shows people who you are and you're quite comfortable with exposing that. Who taught you that? Oh, um, um, I'm not sure who taught me that, but I, I enjoy writing. I write a lot. Yep. Um, you know, and you know, we're launching a leadership briefing on Monday called March 1st, um, which um, is a kind of culmination of five years of writing weekly articles um, and... You know, so yeah, I've been writing for um, from in a leadership context for quite a long time, for five five years every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure who taught me that, but um, I think I taught myself yeah. that. Um, I just basically wrote the first one, and then wrote the next one, and then wrote the third one, and the fourth one, and the fifth one. Um, and you know, granted, the first few were probably all shit. And, yes. You know, I'm not going to go and look back on them. Yeah. Um, to <laughs> to confirm that, but I'm, I'm, I'll let you know that they were. <laughs> um, but I think, like anything, like any form of training, any form of exercise, any form of fitness regime. Yep. You know, you've got to do it. You've just got to do it. Yeah. You know, Repeat. you've got to turn up to the gym. Mm. Um, you don't. Um, you don't just swallow a pill. You don't do a single course and all of a sudden you're this great writer. Um, writing is just, um, you've got to exercise your writing muscle. And I think I've been doing that for a long enough time to be able to now uh, put pen to paper every week. And, you know, over that time I've found m both my voice and my narrative and I'm still discovering both. Um, but I, I've, you know, slowly and eventually discovered my own voice and a lot of people say to me that I share very openly and um, show vulnerability but I also you know there's a lot that I don't share and there's a lot that I won't share yes <laughs> um, and probably more so and actually there is more so um, but 
I think you know over time you just get better at it. You just you get better at it by doing. So um, it's just refining your craft and just complete repetition. There probably isn't any yeah, other and way. And discovery. You and discovery. Know. Okay. You know, meditations by Marcus Aurelius was a really um, inspiring book for me. You know, it was written by um, a, a Roman emperor. Yes. Um, it was a collection of his journals, and for me, reading that not only was the content f- profound, but taking a step back and understanding that this guy thousands of years ago sat down and just scribbled some thoughts down and these are the collections of his thoughts and there's no connectivity but there is a narrative um, running across them. Um, for me, that was a really inspiring read and you know, I've got a couple of editions at home of that book that um, I really, really love. And, um, you know, we can all do it. Like so you said, it starts with you and, and it starts with a, a high level of self-awareness you're not going to do that until you grab a pen and grab a piece of paper and sit down and say to yourself, you know, what the hell do I know? So, Jim, I'd, I think that you've highlighted a, an amazing practice. So I love this term of opposites. So you've always got to think about going opposite to, you know, what you're conventionally taught, um, opposite to the, the culture, opposite to a lot of the stuff that's in the media and, and one really good opposite tool is to practice making mistakes be comfortable yeah. in that sort of that cocking cocking things up absolutely I mean, who's, who's teaching us that nobody yeah. oh absolutely and you know embracing the notion of minimum bi- viable product you know um i've had a lot of ceos call me or email me um, feeling very proud of the first article they've written um, and showing it to me etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know my response has always been you know what are you gonna write in the second one Yes. And they haven't thought that far. Okay. To me, that's that says everything. And what does that say? Oh, you know, it says that they're thinking of each each episode rather than the entire season. They're thinking of the single story rather than the entire narrative. Um, they're focused on the short term rather than the long. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, um, what do you suggest for those people that are stuck in that sort of rut? I think you keep going. You write the first one. Yeah. You capture your thoughts and you keep capturing. Yeah. And you don't stop yeah. um, until you've found your unique voice, until you begin until you begin challenging yourself, not just writing shit just because of it. Yes. Um, until you actually get into the practice where it's actually challenging you um, and then it's actually confronting you. Um, that's when you found a rhythm of journaling and um, and developing a heightened sense of self-awareness, and it can be immensely powerful. Yeah, okay. I've I've actually been guilty of embarking on a big challenge and getting over it, and then going, oh, okay. Now I'm just going to go back to the the cave and just sit here for a bit. But that doesn't work, does it? You've actually Not at all. To, you've actually got to keep repeat, 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 repeat. You have to. You have to keep turning up. Yep. You have to keep providing value, um, giving people a glimpse, and um, you you. Continue. You have to override that fear of being ridiculed, uh, being judged. you know judged in the comments field of a social media stream, which means very little. Um, you have to focus on the people that are uh, reading and listening, not those that are, n- are not or unsubscribing. Um, you know there are some principles you have to have in mind. Um, a lot of a lot of people focus on you know how many likes so many you know things they get shares or whatever they are um, on the different streams that they post on um, rather than thinking of the human that they're writing for yeah okay that's a you've, you've raised a, a, a really good issue there 
Um, you know, this concept of validation, validation and fear, they mm. go quite hand in hand. I was chatting to someone today and um, uh, about this this idea in terms of how we actually get over this need for validation because if we're even you and I doing this podcast or, or doing a blog article, um, there's this internal uh, fight that if we're going to be honest is that we're trying to get over this need for approval, this need for uh, being accepted, this need for, to be competent and to be validated uh, in terms of who we are and how we present our craft. but. Validation and high performance are, are almost opposite. Even, even driving a business to really aggressive outcomes is opposite to high performance. It really gets in the way. So mm. how have you got, gone over some of those issues? I mean, what, what have you done? Oh. Is it really just more repeat, repeat, repeat and just keep, it keep is. pushing? Yeah, you just okay. push. Yeah. I think I've, um, you know, someone once called me i'm like a dog with a bone yes. <laughs> um so if you keep turning up yeah i just keep turning up yep. i just keep pushing and um you know i'm not going to please everyone yep. um you know i'm not going to make everyone happy um, but i will make a few people uh, profoundly happy and uh, whether they be customers readers subscribers or whatever um, and they're the ones that i focus on right so it's um one of the most common maladaptive belief systems is this need for approval slash validation slash to be competent. Mm. They kind of go hand in hand, and they drive a lot of the um, they drive a lot of fear in in owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Um, I see it all the time. I've seen it within myself. Uh, unless you've got a, a really honest level of awareness, and it's not just awareness, Jim. You know, it's compassionate awareness. It's non-judging awareness. It's actually not even judging anyone else. Yeah, it's uh, it's really that creating that space to say, oh, geez, something's not feeling right in me. So I've I've gone to this validation or approval mm. or competency mindset, and that's the opposite of, of where we need to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, what do you do when you judge yourself when you're your worst, your own worst critic? Uh, the the really only thing you can do when that comes up is to create some space. And once you create some space, what I mean by space is uh, just create some time for a little bit of reflection. Uh, if you're stuck in a judgment headspace, go for a walk, do some breathing, talk to a good colleague or a friend or, 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 a, uh, or a partner about it. Yeah, just create space. And the simple act of creating space brings awareness. Now, as soon as you've got awareness, you realise, well, I notice I'm judging myself, okay, um, but I'm not the judgmental person. I notice that I've got these fearful belief systems and I'm experiencing it, but that doesn't define who I am. But unless I create that space, I won't get a level of awareness. And if I don't have awareness, I'm going to be completely unconscious that I am judging myself. Yeah? Or that rumination that comes up at, you know, all hours of the morning if you can't sleep but, um, and you, you've, got, you've got a little bit of anxiety around some business challenges that we all have. It's that steady stream of thoughts that come through that just create some space. One outbreath is, is a meditation, mm. okay? Uh, one outbreath is enough space to turn around and say, oh, that's interesting, um, I'm judging myself. But I've, I've got no judgment about my judgment. Mm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yes. And, and I think uh, we might have covered this topic of compassion, perhaps with the regional in mm. one of the earlier episodes, and you know, we, we bring a little bit of compassion into our judgment. So, you know, it's okay, I'm doing the best I can. and. But uh, this is what I'm feeling at the moment, and tomorrow I'm going to feel something completely different. 
yeah, things will pass. They come and go. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, does, that, does that make yes, sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah and that, that awareness piece for everybody is the practice. The one thing that where people go wrong is they try and practice on the big stuff. I've gone on, I think I've, we've mentioned this before, you've got to practice on the little things, the daily things in life, the daily, you know, you're, it's not just you judging yourself, it's you judging others. Yeah, so if you judge someone else, what does that tell you about how you judge yourself? Yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a really good um, mm. really good exercise. Awesome, amazing, good discussion. It's a great discussion, Jim, and and thanks for raising it. It's a really really important one for people to practice. Yeah, absolutely. What else are we working on? We also wanted to extend an offer out to our listeners as well, didn't we? Yeah, we'd, we'd love to. Uh, getting really excited about some of the programs and, and sessions that we're doing lately and we wanted to, I guess, discuss something that we wanted to uh, provide to our to our audience. Did you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, look, we run various programs, you and I, um, you with entrepreneurs, myself with um, marketing leaders, um, CEOs and boards as well, um, and startups as well um, for both of us. Um, so we wanted to extend to our listeners um, two four-hour sessions with Damien and I in Melbourne. Just we'll consult from everything from leadership to um, strategy and brand strategy and all the way through to marketing and comms. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting and, and I guess the, the thing that I'm getting really passionate about is, is these U-turns that we're creating for people. Uh, we come in, they're intensive and we can assure people that we will uh, create an opportunity to do a complete U-turn. Yeah, then I think it'd be really rewarding um, both ways. Um, so if anyone's interested, you can email us at fearless at wearetank.com.au. What, um, what does the week look like for you? I've got some exciting stuff coming up, but you know what? I'm just so tired from moving that I can't even think about it right now. <laughs> uh, I've got some really cool proposals uh, coming out. We'll get to uh, work with some really interesting people in, in, in various spaces, which I won't go into too much detail about, but... Um, that's exciting. Uh, we get to unpack a lot of stuff at home mm. and we just get to enjoy this, uh, this uh, nice new place that we've moved into. Yeah, yeah lovely. What, lovely. About, what about you? Um, short term, I'm looking forward to just spending the evening with my children tonight. Um, what, yeah. what's, um, what do you got planned? Oh, just, 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 we're yeah. just five of us having dinner, really. Yep. Simple. Um, and, you know, over the week I'm facilitating a, the strategic planning as for a board next uh, in in a week, so I'm preparing for that over the next week. Oh, that's exciting! Mm. Yeah, yeah, which is um, something that I really love doing, um, and we do a lot of work around the actual session that we run with the board, and um, so it's actually a really meaningful um, interaction with them. Um, so that's coming up in about a week in Canberra, and on Monday, as I said, we're launching March first, um, which is our leadership briefing, and that's um, at marchfirst.com.au. Um, and that'll be a weekly, every Monday morning leadership briefing that we'll be sending out. So I'm looking forward to that going yeah, on Monday. I, actually, I can't wait to hear that mm. and, and, and experience that because it's mm. such a cool, cool topic and a cool brand. Mm. Awesome. Terrific. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. Cheers. Cheers, mate.